The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to First Bite, the Pride of Detroit preview podcast where we are back previewing the 2020 season because the Detroit Lions are somehow just one game out of a playoff spot. And we put it to you guys and we asked you, do you want us to keep talking about coaches or do you want us to keep talking about the playoffs and and previewing? And you guys basically were split. So guess what? This is the first of two first bites you're getting this week. So this one, we are going to preview those Green Bay Packers and uh, the Lions week 14 matchup. Tomorrow, Thursday night, if you want to watch live, we will be talking about a coaching candidate. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep it a secret for now, so uh, you'll just have to tune in then. But again, we are previewing the, the Packers tonight. Uh, with me, as always, Ryan Matthews at Ryan underscore POD. How you doing tonight, Ryan? I'm doing all right. So to get this straight, we pulled the people. Yes. And then we said we're just going to do two anyways. It was too even. I mean, it, <laughs> there was more slanting towards coaching, but there was like a good 30, 40 percent that was like, I, I still want to talk about these games. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm not one to say no. I, I can't. Di- I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of people pleaser that wants to please everybody. I've never been so happy to be overworked. <laughs> well, you're 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 going on a mini vacation here. So we're, we're going to we're going to let you off tomorrow. You don't have to be with us. You uh. can just. You can you can hang in the optimistic side. I'll be here in spirit, but we also have somebody here who's in the in the flesh, I should say. Yeah, we should probably get to him, uh, considering he's standing here so nicely uh, for us. Uh, over from Acme Packing Company, basically the the Jeremy version of Acme Packing Company. Tex Western is here at Tex Western on Twitter. Tex, thanks for thanks for hanging out. Yeah, no, and I'm happy to do it. And uh, I, I get it, man. You got to give the people what they want. And even if that's, you know, a slight, you know, slightly less than a, a plurality of those people, you got to you got to take care of them, too. Right. Exactly. And I mean, even even myself, I feel like we're in a bit of like a lion's purgatory right now. Like I can be realistic and realize, yeah, there's almost no chance that the Lions are going to make the playoffs. They basically have to run the table against four teams that are currently in the playoff position. But at the same time, it's fun to talk about the games like we're, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about coaches and GMs and all that stuff. So why not? Why not? Why not take her shot at the Packers? 
Absolutely. I mean, the, I, I had to be in that uh, unenviable position for the first time two years ago after mm-hmm. McCarthy got canned. And so I, I feel your pain a little bit um, as, <laughs> Just as much little. as I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Relatively speaking. Once, so. yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it. Let's talk about the Packers. Uh, they're they're nine and three. Um, I, I think the the main and we probably talked about this the first time we talked to you. The main storyline going into the season was these Packers are going to regress. Y'all got to watch out. You know, they had this seven and one record in close games and all these turnovers. All that's going to regress to the mean. And here now we're we're talking about maybe a one seed for the Green Bay Packers, given how uh, everything has turned out. So why why was everyone wrong about this team? So the, everybody was right that they didn't really add personnel, right? Like there's there's no significant rookie players really making major contributions this year. Um, it's just it boils down to suddenly Aaron Rodgers clicked in Matt Lafleur's offense. Matt LaFleur is um, looking like one of, if not the best play caller in the NFL. And it's, it's literally as simple as that. This team is blowing out teams or at least winning by multiple possessions when they were keeping, letting games be close last season. Um, and yeah, you, you mentioned the, the record in close games last year. The Packers are two and two in close games this year. That's, you know, that's a, that's a sign that this team you know, even if they finish with, you know, maybe a a game worse record at 12 and four, let's say, you know, this is a better team than it was last year. And it really boils down to the offense clicking. Aaron Rodgers is back to his frighteningly good um, status that that he was several years ago. And, um, and Devontae Adams is pretty damn good too. So really this, this offense just kind of figured it out this off season um, with, even with the weird, uh, the the COVID affected off season where they're you know where every all these meetings were virtual and everything, they figured it out and they're they're playing like a unit and uh, it's been fun to watch. I, you mentioned two of their biggest weapons, right? You you talk about Devonte Adams, um, potentially maybe even the best receiver in all of the league, and then you have Aaron Rodgers too. Um, and for the longest time, I think everybody. Has, has come to understand as Lions fans that Aaron Rodgers will just not go away. So with all of that being said, um, is it just those two that that are really the secret sauce to you know this Packers team being uh, second in yards per game, first in points per game? They're, I think they're maybe in the top 10 or just outside the top 10 in, in rushing yards per game. I mean, what what is the deal with why the offense is just that much more effective this season? Yeah, I mean, part of it has been that the offensive line has been really good this year. Um, Billy Turner moving out to right tackle has actually worked out particularly well. Um, and and that was something that I think we were all very concerned about coming into the season was he was okay last year at right guard, but definitely probably the weakest link on the offensive line. But out at right, at right tackle, he's actually been very good this year. Um, and certainly everything kind of starts up front, right? Um, David Bakhtiari is still the best pass blocker in the NFL. Um, but even when the Packers have had a you know, an injury like Corey Lindsley going down for, for these, these last couple games, um, they've been able to, to slide guys in and not really miss a beat. And so it all kind of starts up there. And, and that offensive line has really laid the foundation for the passing game. Um, 
Rodgers has been sacked maybe a career low. I think he's only been sacked 13 times this year in uh, 12 games, which is in- incredible. Um, and I think he's only taken – yeah, he's taken fewer than 20 hits this entire season. And, you know, the, the line is doing a good job in the run game too, making holes for Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, who've been a, a pretty nice one-two punch. And then you start getting play action working off of that, and Lafleur has really developed that uh, that portion of his play calling. And and those, you know, he's scheming guys like Robert Tunyon open. He's scheming Marquez Valdez Scantling open on deep shots. And when you have the the explosive plays coming off of play action to go along with you know, solid success in the run game, and you know Rodgers and Adams having tremendous chemistry, you know that's a recipe for a solid offense. Is there anything new schematically to the offense or, or is it just a matter of it, it really just clicking with them? I do really think it's, it's very heavily just a comfort level for Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, there has, there has always sort of been a second year jump in the Shanahan tree. So with Kyle Shanahan's offense in, in Atlanta, the second year with d- down there when they really took off was that, you know, that Matt Ryan year when he had the the MVP season and went to the, to the Super Bowl. Um, you kind of saw it a little bit in San Francisco. You saw the same sort of thing with McVay in LA. And I'm not sure what it is about that scheme that sort of takes a year to, I don't know if it, it takes that time to sink in or to, to get guys to buy in or what it is, but um, it really seems like this off season, that was the, that was the thing. And um and again, I, I, I'm going to harp on the offensive line a ton and, and, you know, Rogers is doing a good job too, getting the ball out in rhythm. And that certainly helps um, because he's been a sack prone guy throughout his career. And, and maybe it's not playing hero ball as much, but um, you know, that's a big part of it. But a lot of these plays are the same types of plays they were running before um, last season. It just seems like everybody knows what they're supposed to do and why they're supposed to do it. And I think that's, you know, that's a big part of it as well. Let's let's talk a little bit about the other side of the ball. We get it. The Packers offense is really good. Um, <laughs> defensively speaking, uh, how confident are you in what the Packers bring to the table on defense? It seems like their run defense isn't very good. Still, it seems like still it's still kind of bad. Is that something that's, I mean, at this point, is it something that's almost like by design? <laughs> oh yeah yeah no it, it absolutely but, the, but then you, like, got, you, you got a, yeah. you got a cup you got you got a big time pass rusher too in Zadarius Smith like I mean uh it seems like the Packers have prioritized um you know stopping one one part of an offense rather than another absolutely and that's Mike Pettin's philosophy he refuses to give up big chunk plays in the passing game and he really this year especially he's decided to play a ton of zone defense and make quarterbacks stink and dunk their way down the field and and take the chance that you know at some point in you know instead of ripping off multiple 12 13 14 play drives to score uh, to to gradually work their way down the field that at some point those offenses are going to bog down and make a mistake miss on a throw and you know the, the drive is going to stall out now against philly last week you saw against you know carson wentz who's a shell of himself now you saw the team actually use a lot more man coverage and really let the the pass rushers get after the quarterback even you know with philly having at least a, a halfway decent running game um i'd like to see more of that um even though, you know, man coverage tends to be a little more conducive to giving up big plays in the run game, which they're already getting gashed when they're playing a lot of zone anyway. But um, 
it, it seems like the Packers have the right personnel to run some some man heavy stuff on the back end and the secondary. Darnell Savage is coming on. Jair Alexander's you know a tremendous player, and so um, I would like to see a little more of that to prevent these long sustained drives, which they've been giving up uh, in in recent weeks, especially to veteran cor- uh, quarterbacks. Philip Rivers kind of ate him up a couple weeks ago in Indy and you know Matt Stafford is certainly more than than good enough and more than experienced enough to be able to take advantage of um, holes in in zone coverage and so this week I'd, I'd like to see them continue to play a little bit more man and you know force him to try to fit balls in tighter windows rather than um, you know waiting out to to find those the holes in the zone. Is that in general the maybe the blueprint to beating the Packers though? Just like establishing that run, attacking that soft run defense. Because you look at the three teams they lost to: the Bucks had 158 rushing yards, Vikings had 173. You know, Delvin Cook ran wild in that game. The Colts game you mentioned they they had 140 in there. Obviously, yardage is kind of a flawed stat at least a little bit because if you're winning, you're obviously going to run the ball more. But it seems like in general. They were all able to establish a run in that game and, and, you know, maybe just keeping that Packers offense off the field is how you, you have a chance against them. Yeah, the, one of the stats that we came up with or that we found this week was that the Packers are among the best NFL teams in not giving up conversions on third and longs but they're among the worst in giving up conversions on third and short. And I think that, you know, that kind of plays to, to the run defense. Um, and, and yeah, if you're able to, to pick up three, four, five yards on first down, you know, get yourself into a second and medium and, you know, maybe pick up another couple yards there and put yourself into a third and short. That's, that's how to beat this defense is with, you know, kind of a slow, steady, um, steady offense that that is going to not get in bad down and distance situations um the other key is to um to come up with some turnovers because in two of those three games there were some very weird uncharacteristic turnovers that took place i mean the bucks game rogers threw back-to-back picks including a pick six um the indie game there were four weird turnovers in that that one there was a special teams turnover there was a fumbled exchange on the snap and then there was a fumble in um in overtime that that led directly to the to the winning score so um when the packers have a little bit of adversity um we've kind of joked that uh when they get down two scores it's almost over because they're they haven't dealt with that a whole lot this year and they haven't necessarily shown the ability to bounce back from those types of deficits under matt lafleur except against one team and that's the lions so <laughs> that's right. We went what ten nothing early in that game. Yeah, and and I think but, both games in 2019, I want to say Detroit had uh, two score leads too. We it, don't, we don't need to bring up last yeah, year's no. game. Let's let's not bring up last year's game. That one was particularly so, painful. Yeah, but, but, I, but yeah, I will have for, to say, force a couple of mistakes and then maybe make a big play on special teams too, because the Packers' special teams, especially the punting game, are terrible. So that's that's another yeah. way to to get an advantage. The the one thing I will say really quick is uh, if the lines are relying on on Aaron Rodgers to throw a pick six, probably not going to happen because he did throw one this year. But I think that's what that was what his third career, third or fourth, third career and second at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, which is that's just insane. a weird house of horrors. I don't understand. I, it, I think but. Stafford has thrown three this year. I remember them saying something about that on the broadcast, and I was just like, oh my god, that's embarrassing since. Rodgers has literally <laughs> thrown three his entire career. But anyways, uh, yeah. that's beside the point. Let's not stroke his ego anymore. Uh, Ryan, you got a question? Um, yeah, you want to jump right into the injury report or what? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, actually, can we ask about Preston Smith really quick? Because Zadarius has 10 and a half sacks, which 
seems about on par for him. What's going on with Preston? He's only got three. Is it is it just sack numbers are kind of not telling the whole story, or is he just not as effective? No, he has he has been much maligned in Green Bay this year. Um, they're actually, you know, there's a lot of talk about him potentially being a cap casualty this mm. offseason because he's really not playing up to um, to the level of his contract. I think they owe him a cap hit of sixteen million dollars next year. Um, and with the cap shrinking with with COVID, that's going to be a tough a tough pill to swallow when he is playing like the third best pass rusher with uh, Rashawn Gary really starting to come on, especially in the last month and a half or so. Um, he's been playing very well, but um, you know there there's certain things that Preston has done very well, and it's don't run read option or don't run like misdirection plays at him because those he reads well and he blows them up. But for some reason, just his pass rush rate has not been there this year. And, and it's, it's tough to, to really explain why, but yeah, it's, it's not just a lack of sacks. It's, it's a lack of pass rushing productivity overall. And there've been a lot of calls for, for Gary to start really getting the, you know, the second most snaps behind Z uh, ahead of Preston um, over the last couple of weeks. Did you get your question answered, Jeremy? I did. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for asking me that question. <laughs> Good. You're welcome. Well, let's talk about injuries. Uh, yeah. We, we uh, on on the Lions side of the ball, real quick, just to get these out of the way. Galladay and Okuda, they both they both missed Wednesday practice. Um, I, I, Jeremy, I, I'm feeling a little bit optimistic about Galladay with you know with the fact that he traveled with the team last week and he was you know warming up in um, in warm ups, I should say, but. Uh, the, the one that I'm most concerned with is are the Lions going to have DeAndre Swift back? Yeah. And I, I think the answer is probably yes. You're limited in Wednesday, uh, Wednesday's practice, um, an illness that apparently isn't COVID related, apparently isn't concussion related. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's really all that we know. Coaching staff has kind of given us the, the runaround in terms of, of what that looks like, but he has to be, what I imagine would be a key to this game. We just got done talking about how establishing the run is one way you can beat this Packers team or at least keep Aaron Rodgers at bay a little bit. So that's something to keep an eye on. Another thing to keep an eye on is that right tackle position. Tyler Crosby did not practice after getting injured in the game against the Bears, which means we might see Matt Nelson, former Iowa defensive tackle over there at right tackle. Um, Don't want to see him lined up against Darius Smith too often, although did just play okay against the bears didn't give up a sack against uh khalil mack definitely had some help with some tight ends and running backs but you might see that again this week um speaking of offensive lines though i want to talk about the packers offensive line you mentioned it really briefly at the top but it's really kind of the only injuries i feel like this team has really suffered at least significant ones and and you can correct me if i'm wrong there but Corey lindsley and and lane taylor both on ir how have the the packers managed to keep their head above water there yeah, Taylor's injury came early on, and um, Lucas Patrick, who was re-signed, I think, a year or two ago to be kind of that that reserve interior lineman, um, has stepped into the starting lineup. He's been doing a great job, um, playing at a very high level, and and certainly doing um, doing excellent filling in for him. So there's no issues there. Uh, Patrick has had a little bit of a toe thing the last couple of weeks, but um, he should be good to go. Lindsley is probably the bigger loss. Um, because what that has forced the Packers to do is shift over Elton Jenkins, the second year guard back to center, which was actually his position in college. So he's certainly familiar and and comfortable at that spot. Now the last two weeks before the Eagles game, Lindsley went out of both games with different injuries. The second one, you know, is what, what forced him onto IR, but in both games, the, 
the Packers actually moved Jenkins over from left guard to center and put John Runyon, the sixth round rookie in at left guard. Um, and he played very well in both of those games. But with knowing that Lindsley was out last week, um, they actually shuffled things a little bit and moved Billy Turner from right tackle to right guard, moved Patrick to left guard, and then put old Lions friend Rick Wagner at right tackle instead. And um, that, that line, again, did a really good job against Philly, um, kept Rodgers pretty much upright the whole game. He really only took – he technically took two sacks, but one of them was – he kind of fell down at the line of scrimmage. So he really only took one, one big hit early. Um, and, and that I think is probably what we're going to see barring any other injuries um, up front this week is probably Wagner playing right tackle. And, you know, for a spot starter, he's, he's done a really good job this year. And, and like you guys mentioned with, uh, with your right tackle situation, he's probably going to get some help. They'll probably put Mercedes Lewis on his side of the line a lot and, and try to chip with, with the running backs a bit. Uh, especially I can't remember who's on that side of the line for the lions. If that's flowers or, um, but, this yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't remember. Is he, where, where's it? What's his he, status now? He's currently on IR. There's a chance he, I mean, oh, that's right. The coaching staff said at this point, you know, they think he'll probably come back at some point this year, but I, I, I doubt it's this week. Unfortunately, that explains so on, why on that side, it's the, probably going to yeah. be gosh, a mixture of Christian Jones and, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know who's healthy on this defense anymore. <laughs> that explains why I didn't see him on the injury report. So, okay, yeah. that, that makes more sense. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I'd still expect to see some help on his side. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, even so, he's he's played really well. And um, again, that the, the Packers seem to have offensive line depth this year where they didn't. And they've got a lot of versatility. they got guys like Turner who can play multiple different positions. Um, Jenkins, same thing. And so I think that's been the key to them being able to overcome some of these injuries is that versatility up front. All right, that's it for the injury report. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get more into matchups, talk about some of the players, the key players on each side of the ball, each side of the team, and give some predictions on who wins or who gets a bunch of yards or whatever we want to predict when we come back on First Bite, our Lions Packers preview podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we are back on First Bite, our Lions Packers preview podcast. We're here with Tex Western from Acme Packing Company, the managing editor over there. Again, you can follow him at Tex Western on Twitter. Uh, let's get into some matchups, fellas. Let's talk about what's going to happen there on Sunday. Ryan, do you want to start with the Lions offense on the field or their defense on the field? Which Do you want to start with the depressing one or the, the not so depressing one? <laughs> let's start with the depressing one so we end on a good note. Okay, okay. Let's okay. Let's talk about the Lions' defensive backs, which might be the most depressing of all. Um, last time these two teams met, they were kind of okay. They were able to kind of keep Aaron Rodgers in check, but part of that was just because the run game was so bad. Um, they they in that game they 
they had no uh, Desmond Trufant, so it was Oruarie, Okuda, and Roberts. Aaron Rodgers went for 240 yards and two touchdowns. This week, uh, looks like Okuda's probably out, so we're, we're going with Oruarie, Justin Coleman, and Daryl Roberts. Let's go to you first, Ryan. Is there any shot, any shot this week? Uh, um, I mean, the Lions have a snowball's chance in hell of <laughs> containing Aaron Rodgers. Like, I think we I think we know how the Lions could potentially win this game, and it's not going to be their defensive backs doing anything. Um, if if I'm if I'm recalling this correctly, though, wasn't this uh, wasn't this Okuda's baptism by fire? Wasn't yes. his first start against yes. Devontae yeah. Adams? Yes. He's probably like, yeah, you know what? The hamstring is just really not doing well this week. I don't <laughs> feel like chasing that guy around on the field. Um, but yeah, I, the Lions defensive backs have just been uh, a struggle all season long. How much, Jeremy, real quick, do you think it is in terms of the lack of cohesiveness due to injury that has really plagued the secondary? I, it definitely plays a flat factor, right? Like, I think we all talk about chemistry with the offensive line, sometimes with the defensive line. It's there with the secondary. Like, that's super important, too. There, a lot of communication tough, happens. Absolutely. And so um, they'll, they'll, bring, they'll be bringing back the same trio that they brought back last week that didn't play very well in the first half against the Bears, but they did shut down Allen Robinson for one catch in the second half of that game. And whether that's on the Bears for not, you know, keeping the pedal to the metal or maybe the Lions changing what they did, but the Lions defense did come out a little bit better. So if you're if you're a Lions fan trying to cling to some optimism, I think maybe the way the defense played in the second half against the Bears um, might might bring you some of that. But of course, Trubisky Robinson isn't quite the same as Aaron Rodgers and, and freaking Devonte Adams. Oh, so, oh uh, okay. Oruari has been playing well. I think I think maybe you have to stick him on him though, given that the other two guys that are healthy are two basically nickel corners and, and Daryl Roberts and Justin Coleman. Um, but let's theoretically speaking, let's say Oruari is playing his 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 balls off. Who else do the Lions have to worry about, Tex? Yeah, um, I mean, Adams, you have to worry about no matter where he's at. Sure. He'll, they'll line him up in the slot a lot. They've been playing him more in the slot than probably ever before this season. And so um, trying to get him some some um, some better releases and better opportunities from the inside. So certainly have to worry about that. But um, Alan Lazard is back. Um, he was injured for a good portion of the middle of the season, but um, he's still the the big physical guy who's going to move the chains on on third downs, and um, you know he's always just a real you know real reliable player. Um, Bob Tunyon has been a really really solid tight end and and has been uh, tremendously productive this year. He's number one in DVOA among all tight ends. Um, he certainly doesn't have the the level of targets that like a Travis Kelsey does, but um, he's he's certainly been tremendously efficient and he's been a really good safety valve. And he's actually been a, a little bit of a deep threat here too lately. Um, Packers have gotten him loose on some uh, some deeper routes for some couple of touchdowns in the last couple of games. And then we'll see what version of Marquez Valdez Scantling the Packers get this week because that guy is the you know, you look up inconsistent in the dictionary and boom, there's there's MVS. Um, he's he, he blocks his ass off. We'll give him credit for that. Um, and the Packers really prioritize run blocking by their receivers. But um, he's just as likely to go off for, you know, two 50 yard bombs as he is to, to drop two two inexplicable passes. Um, so you have no idea what what version of him you're going to get from from game to game. I would also say the other guy you got to really watch out for is Aaron Jones in the passing game because um, 
you know, looking at the numbers, the Lions are last, I think, against running backs uh, in terms of passing DVOA against. So, mm-hmm. um, and the Packers have two very good receiving backs in in Jones and Jamal Williams. So, I would expect that it's probably a heavy dose of Adams, um, and then look for um, look for the running backs to get involved pretty early and often in the passing game too. No Jeremy, question. can 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 we sweep the rest of the uh, no good, ugly, bad talk out of the way so that we can get to some good stuff? <laughs> I mean, we have to at least mention the fact that Aaron Jones tore this defense apart in week two, and that defense had Danny Shelton. This one does not uh, in week 14. And while I thought the run defense really had a nice turnaround outside of the bye week, they did not perform so well against the Bears last week. And so that matchup is also a, a very, very, very big concern. Um, but it, we can just leave it at that if you want and move over to the Lions <laughs> offense. I was going to say, like, we can just put the boogeyman <laughs> underneath the bed and keep okay. him there, which All is right. the, which is just the Lions defense. Like, <laughs> like we tried to segment it, Tex. We were like, yeah, the DBs have been really shaky. They haven't been so good. And the run defense, oh, yeah, that's terrible. All right. Yeah, the whole thing is just a huge tire fire. It's just so, so bad. Like, oh, uh, like I, I... I I threw out there on the last podcast that like the Lions just need to take the Panthers approach to the draft next year and just literally all their draft picks got to be defense every yeah. single one of them. Um, but let's talk happy things in Detroit. Let's talk about the bevel bump. All right. Um, last week the Lions had this huge change in the way that they attacked down the field. Uh, they really let you know Matthew Stafford play off a of play action. Um, they, they gave him time to sit back in the pocket, which was pretty impressive against a Bears defense that, you know, is known for getting after the passer. So, you know, Tex, the, the Lions saw some optimism in the way that Matthew Stafford got unlocked a little bit. Is that at all concerning for the Packers this week? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it kind of goes back to what I mentioned about that indie game a little little earlier, um, especially if they sit back in a zone in zone coverage. Um, I, I would expect Stafford to have the opportunity to um, to pick them apart a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting to see some some points on the board uh, on both sides. I would you know, I think the, I saw the over was like 55 or something like that. I'm still taking the over in this game. Um because I think it's it's going to be a, a bit of a shootout. Question is, you know, can the Packers get the occasional stop or get the occasional turnover that they really need um, to to kind of slow things down for Detroit? Because yeah, if 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 the Packers keep sitting back um, and and letting or, or for, trying to force Stafford to um, you know to not go deep and to to dink and dunk, I think that he's he's probably going to have some pretty good success doing that, and uh, that's going to be a issue for green bay just don't throw a jair alexander side of the field um if if you want to have some success um, you can pick on kevin king you can really pick on the linebackers in in this in the passing game um especially when they're in zone coverage there's one play gosh actually i think it was twice against indy where um they had michael Pittman on a crossing route over the middle covered by uh christian kirksey in zone coverage which ended exactly how you would imagine it would end yeah so um yeah let's we'll, we'll see what happens with with what type of coverage the Packers decide to use this week but yeah there's there's definitely opportunities to be had there and that kind of leads me nicely into my next question because tj hawkinson's uh you know having a career year right now 
poised to maybe send some some franchise records for tight ends coming off back-to-back 80-yard games. How have the Packers been against tight ends so far this year? You know, I'm, I'm, I'll have to look up the, the numbers, but it feels like they haven't really played very many tight ends this year. I feel like they're around middle of the pack, um, and, and I think it's it's a function of the linebackers are not very good in coverage, but the safeties have been pretty solid. Adrian Amos has had a very good year uh, in his second year in Green Bay, and Darnell Savage has really started to come on this last month. And so those two guys, I think, have, have done very well, um, along with Chandon Sullivan, the, uh, the slot corner. Um, one of the things actually too, that that's notable is that uh, Raven green, who's kind of the, the Packers hybrid safety linebacker just went on injured reserve today. Um, he got injured on, on Sunday and he'll be out for a couple of games. So that's also an opportunity for, uh, for Detroit to, to try to exploit is whether they go with more of a conventional linebacker, like Kamal Martin, the rookie, um, or if they try to put like another hybrid safety guy, like Will Redmond uh, on the field and that, that, second inside linebacker spot. That's an area that I would definitely look to attack um, for Detroit. All right. I think, uh, I think we're ready to move into our prediction area, unless you got anything else, Ryan. Uh, not really. I, I think what Tex really set up though is, yeah. is my predictions. Okay. So Get right to them. Yeah. And so if, if you're new to the the podcast or if you, you didn't listen to, you know, the first bites when we were still doing preview podcasts, what we like to close out with is the one thing we think we know, which is each one of our guests giving out a prediction for the game. Doesn't have to be a score prediction. Doesn't have to be a winner prediction. Can be a prediction about anything that happens in the game. Um, but if you want to give a prediction on the game as well, we're welcome to that. So yeah, Ryan, why don't you go kick us off with the one thing you think you know about Lions Packers? So Tex really set me up for this with, you know, talking about the linebacker play being a bit shaky um, and looking at the Packers schedule. It seems like the teams that they struggled with had running backs that could do it all. Right. I mean, you talk about Ronald Jones, you talk about Dalvin Cook, you talk about um, even what they had in Indy uh, with, you know, their their three headed trio, whatever they do there. Um, but I think that if DeAndre Swift plays in this game, I think that you're looking at at least 150 yards from scrimmage. I think that I think that Bevel is really going to rely on him heavily. Um, I think the other thing to to keep in mind is that uh, while the Packers secondary outside of J.R. Alexander, as Tex me- mentioned, um, a little bit susceptible, I don't have a ton of faith in the Lions wide receivers to create a ton of separation. So I think that they they attack the part of the defense that they can. They they run the ball when they can. And I think that that guy is swift if he's healthy and they attack the middle of that field. So I think it's really a day that sets up very, very well for DeAndre Swift. I like it. I like it. That'd be quite the uh, return for him after missing the past, what, three, four weeks? Um, yeah. Be welcome addition and, and fun to watch, which is, I think, all that really Lions fans are looking for these days because last week was a lot of fun. Everything before that, not so much fun. Um, all right, Tex, what's the one thing you think you know about Lions Packers? Um, I, I think I know that Devonte Adams is going to go off again. Um, he, he was held to his season low numbers against Detroit in that first game, uh, three targets, three catches, 36 yards. Part of that was cause he got injured in the third quarter and missed, um, a, a good portion of the second half of that game. But, um, there was the Packers were spreading the ball around a little more at that point. Um, but now I think with, with some of the matchups that he has against the, the Lions secondary um, with just the, the sheer volume of targets that, that Aaron Rodgers has been sending his way in, in recent games. Um, I think you're, you're probably looking 
I mean, I think he scores a touchdown in his uh, it's that eighth, eighth straight game now, I think. Um, I think he'll find the end zone. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, double-digit targets, maybe double-digit receptions, 120-plus yards um, as, as probably what we're looking at from Adams uh, in this game. And as a bonus, I think Adrian Peterson is going to do something dumb that's going to piss off Packers fans because he <laughs> always does. <laughs> I kind of like that. Um <laughs> The one thing I think I know, and I'm afraid I'm going to go on the depressing side of this because Ryan probably took the only one positive that that has a chance of happening in this game. One thing I think I know is that the Packers won't punt until the fourth quarter. Oh. I just, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I just, I don't see how the lines can stop. I don't think they're going to stop the run. I don't think they're going to stop the pass. I know for some reason they they tend to play Aaron Rodgers pretty well, and they did at the beginning of of last you know of the week two game, but then it all fell apart and just. I don't. I mean, they've, they've, they're in a worse shape defensively than they were in week two, and I mean, they... Where the, the, this would be this would be a dream scenario for pa- the Packers because they have given up two punt return touchdowns this year. The entire <laughs> NFL has four, so the, the, the Packers have given up half of the punt return touchdowns in the league this year, and and they've all come in the last four weeks. So, not uh, not a good area for for the for Green Bay this year. Jeremy. So if you're going to give out that prediction, how many times are we going to see Jack Fox on Sunday? <laughs> not not as not too many. Lines three, the, four. Yeah, yeah, I'd say like three, three, three is a good number there. I mean, by by the time the fourth quarter, they're they're going to be going for it on every fourth down. Well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, hey, at least as long as he has a chance to pump up those numbers. <laughs> absolutely all right uh before we close things out text let's give you an opportunity to uh promote your stuff where can they where can people find you where is maybe some lines content that that they'd be interested in finding from the packers point of view all that sort of fun stuff yeah you can you can reach us at acmepackingcompany.com um that's where we've got obviously all the content um we've got a couple of uh, of podcasts running right now. One is the APC pod. Uh, the other is uh, as eligible. It's reporting as eligible. It's at as eligible on Twitter. It's kind of our uh, um, spinoff podcast with a couple of our writers that have been doing some great stuff lately too. Um, you can catch us on Twitter. It's at Acme Pack and Co. And then I'm on Twitter at Tex Western. Perfect. And for all of you listening, be sure to stay tuned on this podcast feed. And if you're watching live, we are going to have another podcast this week, another technically first bite podcast where we're going to be breaking down another Lions head coaching candidate with uh, with an expert, a uh, very special guest. So be sure to listen to that. Be sure to hang around for our men sim on Saturday mornings. We'll be right here on our Twitch page and YouTube pages after the game and then doing our, our podcast live at seven. Well, actually it's going to be later this week because Lions Packers is got bumped to the late game uh, at four thirty Eastern. So um, probably around nine, maybe even 10 o'clock that night is when we'll do our live podcast. But until then it's chaos. Be kind. <laughs>